Welcome to the Human Up Podcast. My name is Victor Ung, and this podcast is about developing emotional intelligence, how to identify what we're feeling, um, how to regulate our emotions, especially in highly stressful situations. Um, so managing stress and, and managing fears and anxiety, um, especially when doing very uh, you know, uncomfortable things, um, and especially within internal or social conflict, and then how to really express our emotions and how to how to put ourselves out there and really share how we're really feeling inside and not just what we think or what our opinions are, but really what what uh, our body and intuition is really trying to communicate to us. You know, we are very social and emotional beings, which you'll hear me say on this podcast a lot. Um, but it's, you know, understanding our emotions is a huge way of communication. So this podcast is about exercising that muscle to, um, you know, prevent it from atrophying, right? From not being able to really feel our emotions at all and not not being, um, not living fully within the human experience, um, being able to, uh, kind of experience the range of emotions that, that life gives us. And, um, so that you don't end up, you know, being stagnant in your careers or, you know, being, um, complacent in your relationships or kind of just letting life happen passively. In this episode, I talked to Danilo Kurgan, uh, co-founder of Krebs and Kurgan Partners, a boutique business strategy consulting firm. And I met him at a Young Professionals of Seattle, uh, sort of happy hour event and, um, just connected on a lot of the levels. And this is why I'm excited to bring on entrepreneurs like Danilo onto this podcast because of the, the amount of emotional intelligence that is required in starting your own business and doing your own thing and putting yourself out there. Um, the, both, both the physical and emotional risks involved, uh, and, and what it means to be able to sort of identify and become aware of how you're feeling and, and how to, how to not push it aside, but to kind of push through it, right? Because if we're not able to keep our emotions in check in a way so that it doesn't completely debilitate us, it doesn't completely take us over, uh, without also, again, without suppressing it, without just, you know, ignoring them is, it's a really hard balance. Um, and, uh, and so mental and emotional health as entrepreneurs is a very important thing in terms of maintaining wellness and maintaining that, that health. So, uh, in this episode, I talked to Danilo a lot about, you know, entrepreneurship and the idea of managing that fear of being able to take risks and, and then being able to admit to weaknesses and how to ask for help. And, uh, we talk about coming from immigrant cultures where, um, you know, feelings and emotions weren't typically expressed as often and, how that has affected us in, in terms of how we want to live our lives, uh, both as men and just as humans within this, this world. 
So I'm excited to share this conversation with Danilo and I. Uh, but before we get into it, I, I do want to share uh, that I am writing my own ebook right now. So kind of that's going to be based on the 11 emotional intelligence exercises that I've collected. Um, and if you've been a listener to this podcast, you should have downloaded by now because uh, I'm mentioning it every episode. So <laughs> if you haven't gotten it yet, you can go to victorung.com slash subscribe to download that um, sort of one pager. Um, but I want to write, uh, kind of flesh out each of those exercises a little more. So within the ebook, um, it will be kind of uh, a little more detail about each of those those exercises and how to really apply it to our lives and, and how to maintain that within our lives. But I want to make sure that I write the book for you, you know, that, that will be relevant for your life. So if you want to do me a quick favor and take a two question survey, uh, for me to get some feedback on how to sort of, you know, focus the, the book into something that's relevant. Go to victorung.com slash book and you'll be redirected to the survey. So thanks again for being a listener of this podcast and for following me on this journey. Um, and again, we'll get into the conversation right after a quick message from our sponsor. First off, thank you for being a listener of the Human Up podcast. I definitely have so much to say and express and all the things that I've experienced and observed throughout my life that I've honestly been cultured and, and kind of pressured to, to bite my tongue against. So I really love being able to use this platform and this medium as a podcast to do so. And it wouldn't be possible without Anchor.fm, which is the hosting platform I use to distribute this podcast. It's perfect for me right now because it's free and automatically distributes distributes my episodes to all the different platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher. And the cool part is that there are tools to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. So you don't even need any extra software or services to, to create the podcast. And you can even make money from the podcast with no minimum listenership by recording ads like this. So if you have a message to send and ideas to spread, definitely download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And who knows, maybe we can collab and create a, a podcast episode together. If you do end up creating one, you should definitely hit me up and, and we can do something there. With that, let's get back to the episode. Hey, thanks for coming on to the podcast, Danilo. It's good to have you here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we we just met at a, a random YPOS event. And for those who don't know, it's Young Professionals of Seattle. Um, they put on a bunch of cool meetups and, and networking events as well. So good to, good to meet you. Yeah, it was a pleasure meeting you. It was kind of an interesting event in South Lake Union, was it, right? Yeah. It's a beautiful area out there. Yeah, you know, for just... I, yeah, we we definitely connected on uh, a lot of different things, and uh, you know it's it's cool. I always love talking to people who go out and and just do their own thing and start you know really jumping into such a big unknown you know in general. And I think entrepreneurship is a huge part of that. Um, but you know, for me, like during that that event, I just you know something. 
I struggle with is is just branching in and and talking to random people. So honestly, I'm gonna you know be on stage here right now and say that I'm proud of myself to just like barge into like random groups and start you know talking. So I'm I'm glad I did that to to meet you. Yeah, I mean that was I remember I remember you walking up clearly too. You know, you just kind of walked in. It was me and two other guys, and you just kind of came in and introduced yourself. And that like first step, even I've done it myself, is it's kind of nerve wracking, like always. And it's never the same thing. It's always, sometimes it goes a little awkward too. And that, yeah. that conversation just sparked itself too. Yeah, I know. It's like, you always, or at least I do, it's like, you always, always think it's like, what do I say? And, uh, you know, and yeah, approach is always hard and, and we can even dive, dive into that. But, um, I think so, with with my podcast here, like I like to start it, it being about emotional intelligence, you know, I start with the the question of just to hear other people's perspective of like, what is emotional intelligence to you? Like, and, and there is maybe, you know, there's no right or wrong. I think everybody does have their own perspective of it. Um, but yeah, what when you hear emotional intelligence, what what sparks for you? What, what do you think out of that? So. In- Emotional intelligence, it's such a broad, um, it's a broad concept with understanding your own personal feelings and understanding how other people's feel, other people feel. So when it comes to emotional intelligence, I really think it's just being aware of what other people are feeling and aware of your own emotions at the current time. And I mean, emotions are such a complex thing and, you know, you have jealousy, you have excitement, you have happiness, you have so many different chemical reactions going on in your brain that emotional intelligence, it's just a complex landscape. But to me, understanding what emotional intelligence is really just understanding how people feel at the time and what they feel with your actions. Yeah, I like that. That, you know, it's it's, it's always fun hearing other people's definitions of it because it, everybody can use and can describe it in different ways. So uh, do you feel like that's something that you are aware of almost naturally and, or, or do you feel like it's something that you, you know, um, kind of have to work on day to day and, and how, how do those come up in your typical, you know, day to day situations? Well, so on that topic, I really think that it's interesting because in reality, some people are very blessed to be more emotionally intelligent and some people aren't. And especially in today's day, day and era, we have all these social media, we have Instagram and all this, you know, that kind of affects your emotions. It, it, it kind of distorts your, what you really think about some things. And luckily being, I'm luckily very born with, I have some good emotional intelligence. I've been just generally better with people, but I could be much better about it sometimes, I think. Um, and it's, it's a mix, right? Some people are good at it. Some people aren't. And it takes skill and time, I think, to get better at it. Even if the people that are really good at it, there's still stuff to they can improve on, I think. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, even with my own journey in, in really understanding it and stuff, you know, there's still so many areas that I should, I could not should, but it could definitely work on. And, um, so it, it's it's a muscle for sure. It's a constant journey and, and exploration. Um, and and yeah. I have a question for you. So what was, when it comes to like understanding like, hey, you know, you need emotional intelligence. What was that one crowning moment for you when you're like, oh, this is so important and you realized it? 
Yeah, you know, that's a great question. I think there, uh, you know, there's a couple of moments I'd say, but it, I feel like it's been something that has bubbled up as a, a common theme in, uh, in, in sort of conflict resolution. Um, and so, yeah, so I've been kind of, going through life almost uh naturally trying to develop it um just in the nature of you know uh, a family uh you know going through things and then as well as you know in the workplace so i guess i will just go into that that one situation that i remember in in the workplace as a consultant too actually and it, this is um you know, managing expectations and communicating that uh, can be can be difficult in in especially in a professional setting. Um, and then when you know when the stresses and when pressures are put on between you know both parties, um, it could be really hard to communicate the core of the issue and and really like why you're you feel in a emotional situation in the first place. Right. And so, um, you know, this conflict that I had with my client, like they had a lot of pressures, a lot of stress and, um, it seemed like to them, nothing was in their control. Right. And, and when, when everything feels out of your control, uh, you can do drastic things in order to get that control back. And so what they'd try to do is place like huge limitations on, on me. Right. And, and um, I don't know, I don't want to get into too far details, but basically uh, you know, how they reacted to something kind of blew things out of proportion. And then because I didn't necessarily have the tools and skills to, to manage that as well, I kind of, uh, blew it up even more. And then it just, it, it started becoming a blame game. Um, and so this is where I was like, okay, something is, is at the core of this. And, and, um, and I think definitely learning about our own emotions and managing that is, is a big part of it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I definitely agree with that. You know, that sounds kind of like a typical consulting problem right yeah. we run into that all the time yeah you know how do you manage when you're working with other people let's say you go into a new project looking to explore something different they haven't done this before and they hire a consultant because they you know they want some help they kind of rely on you to help them guide through this you know ex market expansion whatever it is and they rely on your your input your thoughts your you know your presence and your being there with them through this hard problem and giving them a systematic approach that has to be managed. Right. Yeah. It sounds like a classic, you know, I've been there too. So I totally understand how that feels. Yeah. It's, it's about building trust too, I think. Um, because it, at the core of it, if without that trust between the relationship, it, you know, there, um, there's, there's a lot that is missing from that sort of communication too. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, maybe we can back up a little bit too, and, and maybe go into your story and, and, uh, how you got to where you are. Cause I think we just jumped right into, uh, you know, emotions and consulting, but yeah, just 
kind of share a little bit of your context and background and uh, yeah. for, for those. Yeah. Um, so I, I'll do the whole story, right? We'll start from the beginning kind of. So I'm an immigrant from the Ukraine. I moved here when I was about three years old with my family. Uh, my dad moved here two years prior before us to Arkansas as a software developer for Walmart. And we waited for two years in the Ukraine. We finally moved over here to Washington. Uh, and, you know, I went to school here. I went to elementary or challenger, elementary, middle school, and then high school here. So that was a really fun journey. And then I started uh, college at Washington State University. There I was, I got a degree in financial economics. But during the whole entire time, I was super involved in entrepreneurship. And the first time I started my first business was 18 years old. I started an event company called 124 Events. And the premise of that was house music and part events would be from one till, till two in the morning or two to four. And they would end up really, really late because we really wanted to dive into that space. And that was like entrepreneurship. We love it. We want it. And that was right before college. So that was my first kind of starting an LLC, kind of how do we build in a brand, an event, and how do we do this, right? Like just continually asking ourselves questions on, you know, we want to build a company. We want to throw these cool events. We want to do this. And we just went out and did it. And that was an experience that in its own was just really hard. And it was entrepreneurship at its core. And that was my first start. And then throughout college, I got really into more entrepreneurship. I founded the Entrepreneurship Club. I got into leadership positions in different clubs. And it kind of sparked this interest for me was about like leadership and understanding what entrepreneurship means and kind of the whole space as is. And that was really, really fun. And I continued with that. And then so as we kind of jumped into consulting right away, my senior year, I uh, was at an event, uh, Seattle Interactive. And I saw this lady talk up there. Her name is Christy Johnson. And she's a fantastic person, fantastic CEO. And she was up there talking about diversity and inclusion and consulting and kind of you go in there and you solve them really, really hard problems. And I kind of thought to myself, I was like, whoa, like what she's doing is what I want to do. Like I love solving problems. I love being an entrepreneur. And maybe I can go do it for someone who is going to really cherish that as a consultant. And so right after the stage, I walked up to her and said, hey, I would love to know more about your company and what you do. And we got on the phone, sent a few emails. She did. Um, we got a case study from her, and I presented my case study. And then I came as an, as an analyst for her, and I was there for nine months. And then I decided to, well, um, I really want to jump back into entrepreneurship and kind of start my own thing. And so that's kind of where I'm sitting at right now. And that's kind of my little background right there. Yeah, that's awesome. It, so entrepreneurship sounds like it's been sort of your your in your blood for a while then even from a young age um cuz i think we so when we when we met too we talked a lot about you know taking this the risk and jumping off into entrepreneurship can be something that is 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 very scary for a lot of people uh to take that uh, not only the the physical and tangible risk, but the emotional risk that goes into it too. Um, so, but you know, the, it, throughout your story, do you, what points in your entrepreneurship do you feel like was your your biggest hurdle uh, or obstacle that you had to had to push through? I easily can say, I think the biggest obstacle, and it comes really down to emotional intelligence, and that's understanding your own feelings, understanding that when you take the risk, failure is a possibility. 
you know, you, when you take that risk into entrepreneurship and you say, I'm going to build something from nothing, or I'm going to make, I'm just going to try to create a structure or a system. It's scary. It's really a scary time and moment. Even if you are in the most, you have everything lined up. It's a scary moment because you're as a creative, I think, I think entrepreneurship is almost a, is a creativity thing too. So if you ever listen to Chase Jarvis, he, uh, the creator, he's a really fantastic person. If you ever get the chance, you should listen to him. But he talked about like, find your calling. And so I was thinking about that. And sometimes I have this call to go, oh, I'll be a creative. And then I realized, I was like, well, entrepreneurship is a calling, right? And it's a creative aspect in its own, right? You build your brands, you build your systems, you build uh, a systematic approach to something. And that kind of sparked the more, the idea was like, failure is inevitable. So how do I control that failure that potentially could come? And how do I really be aware of that happening or the possibility of it? Right. How can you be aware and just sit with it and, and, and just push through, right? Yep. I, I think it's always easier said than done too. It's like, it's, I think maybe for, you know, some of the listeners out there, it's like, yeah, obviously, you know, and I know that, but, um, in practice, uh, you know, when these emotions come up, you know, discomfort is, it's obviously so uncomfortable to sit with like you, you know, and, and I think even harder today. And, and I think even you mentioned in the very beginning where, you know, technology does have uh, some role in making it so easy to sort of suppress the discomfort or to avoid it. Like, how how often is, you know, every time we're bored or something, we'll pull out our phones or, you know, every time we are, uh, you know, uncertain about something, we'll Google it or, you know, like, so the sitting in the unknown and sitting in that, that, that fear of, uh, discomfort is, is I think a lot harder to, to do, but I think that's why, you know, developing that emotional resiliency has become, so much more important now. And yeah, and I actually, well, not only sitting in the zone of discomfort is, I I think it's important. You, you should always be making yourself uncomfortable. Like that's just something you should be doing. And I think it's what makes us grow. And I mean, if you want to improve your emotional intelligence or, you know, just improve as a person in general, you have to be uncomfortable because that is, it's through the flames, you could become better and stronger, right? Yeah. Exactly. Um, for when, do you feel like that was something that you kind of did on like with intention or do you feel like it just like, so was, all right, I, you know, I see this uncomfortable thing. I'm just going to go and stretch that, like sit on that boundary per se. Right. Like what, what do you think is the difference between people who are like so willing to like go and jump off into entrepreneurship uh, for example, or even just something creative versus those who might kind of uh, sit within, you know, the, the comfort zone. And I, you know, there's the classic saying, it's like, I'm afraid of failure that you can say that, but I, yes, I'm afraid of failure and failing is not something I want to do or see happen. But my biggest fear, I think is more about saying that like, I didn't try or I just mm -hmm. didn't do it. I said, no, right. Like I look I think this is like the one that like it, even today, like no matter how many times I've done it, I look, it's like one picture and always gets me. And it's this 
or it's a video or whatever it is, it's a photo of an old man who's in his 60s or his 70s. And you can just look at the white hair in his beard. And he's just sitting there on his porch. And then you kind of look at him and you just see he's like, when I get to that age and when I'm sitting there and to think to myself, like, I regret that I didn't do or didn't try something. I didn't go out of my comfort zone when the time presented itself. That is what I'm afraid of. Yeah. That is my biggest fear right there. Right. That the FOMO is real. <laughs> yeah. And it's not, I mean, it can, it's not FOMO. It's more like right. hey, you can put it as FOMO in like the kind of the slang term. And, you know, it's like, oh, I missed out on a party or whatever. But it's more of a like, did you chase your dreams? Did you chase yeah. the stuff that you love? Like, did you do it? Right. Did you try at least? And if you didn't try, like, there's no point of living. Right. No, for sure. And, and yeah, I definitely threw that as just a joke, but I think that is the, the, you know, in order to really find what we are passionate about and what we can sort of work in, in the, in what a lot of psychologists call the, the flow state, right. In something that is so natural to you and you start losing track of time, you know, something that can be so fulfilling and joyful for you. Like you have to go and try things in order to find out what that is. Um, and, and I think, you know, a, a big part of, I also saw another video or, or I don't remember how I came across this, but it's like, you know, confidence is the willingness to be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it's all it is, is just being able to, um, understand that failure is there, you know, it's something that will most, I don't want to say most likely, I guess, but it it is something that is there and and can happen. So just being aware of that and uh, not letting you stop yourself from trying and and finding that calling is, is huge. And I mean, is it okay to say that it's, it's most likely because failure is an outcome that you should, I mean, you don't want it to happen, but if you don't, if you're not prepared for it, are you dealing with your, when it comes to emotional challenges, are you dealing with your own emotions, right? Yeah. Because when I approach failure or some, when, when I hope something doesn't go the way it does, I didn't, well, I'm prepared for that to be happening and I approach it again, right? And it can't, when a failure or an improper moment happens, how do I react to it is incredibly important to your own success, Right. No, that's awesome. I mean, it is actually, it's a good reframe is, you know, maybe this is the most likely thing and, uh, that will help you even ease, you know, the, the, the worst case scenario per se, right? Like, I think a lot of us are, have that fear because it's this huge thing that's so unfamiliar. Um, so yeah, to, to kind of just say, all right, maybe this, you know, like, if failure happens, like how can I prepare for that or, or when it happens, but, um, and it's likely, it's very likely. I mean, there's some, sometimes you take a step, like I think a good way that I used to put it is when I started mountain biking, um, and I was young, I was probably in middle school coming, going into high school and I'd go to, there's a mountain bike park, like right down my street. And I didn't really have like the best mountain bike. I didn't, you know, didn't really have anything, but I wanted to hit the biggest jumps I possibly could. Like, I just wanted to get the air and go out there and do it and get good at it. So how would I go out and do it? And if I would, sometimes when you're going in a mountain biking, you have like a jump that's a little bit too big out of your comfort zone. You, you know, you don't know what's going on. You kind of prepare that you're going to crash. You just have to know in your head, like when I crash, I'm going to have to get up and do it again. And I remember there was this one jump and it was this big jump off this 10 foot platform down into the ground with a steep bank to the left. 
And I probably hit that three or four times and failed and hit a tree before I really actually succeeded in doing it. Right. Mm -hmm. So you have to, I, it's very important to being prepared on that failures, that step. I, I like that. I, I think of snowboarding with, with that, just like have being able to, in a way, just trust yourself, um, to go off that, that jump. So it's big. Um, so maybe that, that goes back into a little bit of, uh, you know, developing that emotional resiliency too, because, you know, not doing this, speaking for myself, like not, um, not being kind of comfortable, uh, you know, stretching myself in, in terms of being, uh, sorry, let me start over. <laughs> uh, not being able to take these risks and, and, uh, be comfortable with failure. I, I definitely found myself very stagnant and complacent within my life, within my career and relationships. Um, I saw myself, you know, being passed over from, from promotions, you know, swipe left by girls, like all, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, and honestly hit a, a bit of a quarter life crisis where I ended up like, I kind of, I don't know if it was just like a one day that I woke up and felt this way, but it just it, overall accumulation of things because I kept taking the safe routes. I realized, wow, I'm, I'm in this place now that is very comfortable, but it's, you know, but it's stagnant. Right. Um, and, uh, and I think, you know, diving into, this is what kind of sparked my own journey to learn about EQ and to, understand you know this this framework that can help us grow uh and 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 just understand our emotions and feelings because that was something also coming from an immigrant family that you know that we would never talked about um and uh and and doing so not only from a cultural standpoint but as a man too uh was was really hard to express without making you feel like it's, it's, you know, that you're completely vulnerable and, and that people will take advantage of you. So, um, yeah, was that, was that something that you kind of had to manage, uh, growing up you said you came from immigrant family from Ukraine. Um, I don't know. And I don't, not familiar with, you know, <laughs> Ukraine culture or anything, but like it, maybe from that or from a, a man's standpoint, like what were emotions to you? Like, Oh, yeah, most definitely. I mean, coming, I love my parents. So my parents are amazing and beautiful people. But it, I kind of like the Soviet culture is very, very interesting because my parents are all from the Soviet bloc. Like my mom grew up in the Soviet Union. My dad grew up in the Soviet Union. And it kind of felt like the emotions weren't always like there as expressive and it wasn't as like common. And I don't know if you know, there's like the whole Soviet stigma. It's like what Putin really loves. And it's like being a man is like the worst thing you can do when you go to Ukraine or, or Russia and visit is like, uh, you challenge a man's masculinity. And so like mm-hmm. um, all men are supposed to be like this big burly, you know, they can so, like take on the world. And that's kind of like what the Soviet whole thing did. And they like made men are like the power and like they make everything happen. And, and then especially when you kind of grow up in that, and your parents grow up in that uh, mentality and that culture, it kind of translates into their kids, of course. And that's coming something I noticed. And it's, you know, my dad was taking care of my mom and, you know, my mom didn't do her own thing. And then 
actually was one of the most inspiring moments is when my mom took a step into entrepreneurship and started her own company and her own business. And that was really kind of something big for her. And even to this day, I still support her and love what she does about it. But emotionally, my parents are generally colder. You know, they weren't the kind of endlessly give me hugs uh, when I played uh, lacrosse or played football. They uh, never came to my football games or lacrosse games because they just didn't see it as something that was needed. And so that was kind of, I understood her understanding of like what their emotion level was. Like I know they still loved me and they loved who I was because I was a family, but they weren't very expressive about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How did that kind of show up in, in your life and in entrepreneurship and being a creative? And I think that's what changed uh, when it came down to watching the kind of things that my parents did or whatever happened. I think the most important part for me was coming back and, and especially when it comes to being entrepreneurship and then in consulting is like the little things really, really matter. So when you send somebody like a handwritten note for saying, Hey, thank you. It's been a pleasure working with you or, you know, we really value your time and, you know, those little things really, really matter. And if you do a lot of those little things, they finally stack up and that, you know, the trust is built, the, you know, the connection with the person. And that is so important when you're doing consulting or in just an entrepreneurship as like a team or whoever, it's those little steps of caring and, you know, showing an expression are so valuable over time. Yeah. I, I appreciate that, you know, and just it doing something so small can have such a huge impact. And, um, for me though, as I think about that, it, it's, you know, if, if we're not used to even showing any, any sort of small level of, uh, an emotion, even doing something like that can be hard as well. Right. Um, and, uh, I, so this, this goes back to a little bit of, um, you, you mentioned Chase Jarvis and I was, we, we talk about this too. We were both at the same event, uh, without knowing. So, uh, Chase Jarvis came to Seattle a few, few weeks ago or something like that. And, uh, um, what? Two weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. Two weeks ago. Um, and, uh, and he, and he talked a lot about, you know, doing small habits, right. Uh, you know, so as I, as I think about, you know, what this, what at least what I'm trying to do in stretching my emotional growth and intelligence, like you know we could we could get so caught up in saying in in putting ourselves in this like far end and saying like, "Oh, I have to be this now, just emotional God or whatever, you know, this like very just stoic or or you know uh very at a place that you could just manage all your emotions, never feel angry or blow up whatever, but you know that you know, it's unrealistic, first of all, but also to horribly um, unrealistic. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then also to, I don't know, expect you to be at that level immediately could be debilitating, right? So back to, you know, what Chase Travis mentioned is just developing small habits. Like what is that very small thing that you can show um, at an emotional level too? Like as, as you start building up this muscle, you know, um, yeah, so that's just kind of something I thought about. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, yeah, it's like, that's I completely agree with that because like when you're building your little small habits of like how do you develop emotional intelligence with a small habit? Like personally, like in today's era, you notice you don't really you don't really get handwritten note cards anymore. It just mm -hmm. doesn't happen, especially with like my age. 
I have a box that I keep every handwritten note that I've ever gotten. It's because it's so special to me and it means so much. And I understand that how much it feelings to me and my like my instant reaction, like I want to make other people feel that way too, right? Like I want to show them how I feel. And so that's really, you know, that's my expression is like go out there and make other people, other people feel how you want to be felt, right? So like hold the door for people. Like I love doing that. Even though I don't like holding the door for 10 people when there's like a line of people coming down the door, I love holding it for that first person, right? Right. And it's those little steps. It's like go out there and say something nice, be really at like express, like if you're sad, say you're sad, like do that moment. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I wonder, um, you know, there's, uh, again, going back to like, if you're not used to that, it can be really hard to express, you know, like for, for example, if you're like sad, you know, and, and, um, I don't know. How how do you balance, you know, being expressive and and comfortable with being vulnerable like that at a, at a vulnerable state where potentially people can either take make fun of you or take advantage of you or or you know or you you might even lose credibility. I think that's something big in consulting too. Where I noticed, you know, that um, you know, being you know, bring at the expect sorry, <laughs> being uh, expected to be that subject matter expert or to know your stuff, you know, it's, it can be hard to, uh, admit to any sort of weaknesses. Right. But not only in a workplace and in personal life, like how do you manage that or how do you deal with that? Well, talking on weaknesses, uh, it's important to be able to accept and own your weaknesses. I think that is an incredible thing that a lot of people, uh, sometimes don't do. And it's something that we should be very uh, transparent about when it comes down to it, because we all have weaknesses. You know, we all, we're all people on this earth. We're humans. We're, you know, we have weaknesses. That's just something that isn't true. And that, that's kind of going back to what I said earlier is about social media, which is something I don't like about it. I don't like that people post their best, right? They all, every time you see an Instagram photo or something, it's people at their best, people at their best moments. And that's all you ever see. And it's like, I mean, yeah, that's, I'm really happy. A lot of people are having these best moments, but you know, what do they do when they were down? Like what Mm -hmm. happened to them when things weren't going the right way? And that is something we don't see. And I think it's really important because, and especially when you're in consulting, like we said, you know, it's thought partnership and having that trust and credibility. Sometimes you don't know. And when you don't know, my always instinct, I would just always say, I don't know. So what do you do about that? You find the people who do know and you get their input, right? So you go out and when you say, I don't know, you find the answers because you know that although you don't know the actual content, you know that in your trust and in your confidence that you will go out and find an answer for them or for yourself. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so just being able to admit that what, that you don't know, I think can be hard for a lot of people, but yeah, just knowing that, uh, if, if you, you know, you you can only fake it for so long, I guess. Right. Uh, So, yeah. And I mean, just coming to say, it's like, I, I don't know. You know, it's, it's an okay statement to say, and I would rather work with someone who says, I don't know, than someone who says, I know, but then they really don't. Right. 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 Because that honesty is so, I mean, it's right. It's like emotional honesty, right? It's building that trust. 
and understanding how they feel and how you feel. And we all feel the time and saying, when someone asks a question, we just don't know. Right. Yeah. It happens. Yeah. You know, and that, that makes me think about integrity too. Right. And I think that's a big part of EQ is finding the alignment between what you say, what you do and how you feel. Right. So, you know, that intersection there is obviously very hard, but, uh, and, and not everyone's going to be perfect. I, you know, I will definitely be probably doing things opposite of what I say or feel, but, uh, but, you know, I think that's kind of the goal though, is, uh, trying to bring those together. So, um, the more honest you can be, the more you can be, you know, aware of, the emotions and and to admit to them like you can you can go so far with that and i mean honesty is important right because if like if you're really honest with yourself and you know your your relationships with people and your work and you kind of get an idea of what you need to do like it gives you an instant an instant action on what you can get better at you know where you can improve or you know what kind of actions come from that right like even if it comes to your friends if you're honest with the way that your friends make you feel or like your coworkers make you feel. And it's obviously to an extent, not about everything has to be said, but you know, it gives you a start. It gives you a foundation to improve yourself and understand your feelings and how other people make you feel and make them, you know, grow their emotional intelligence too. Right. Yeah. I think we can sort of uh, talk about that too. Cause like in, in, you know, managing other people's emotions and expectations like well let's just start with emotions you know how do you how do you do that you know like when when I was in these these highly stressful projects and dealing with you know a bunch of people with their heads cut off you know like or like running around with their heads cut off right like it's hard to um kind of slow people down and to, and to, you know, help them manage their own emotions. Like, do you find yourself doing that at all? Like in a way of, you know, trying to just slow people down? Yeah. I mean, I mean, definitely. Right. Like, and especially like I kind of said it earlier, it's when you go in to solve someone's problem or you go in there and you help them do something, as a consultant, you know, they are very attached to what they do, especially if it's a nonprofit, they're very driven by emotion. You know, they love what they're helping and what they want to do as a, as their mission, as a goal. Uh, companies are very, you know, corporations are very, uh, your managerial roles or whatever they are, they're outcomes and results driven. So they're looking at the numbers and what actions are coming, what numbers are coming from their actions. And that is so emotionally tying. Like you are tied to the work you do. And like, for example, if someone came in and started saying something about the work you do, you'd probably get upset, right? Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing that happens when it comes to managing other people's expectations. You really have to be aware of the stuff that you're, what they're feeling at the moment. And kind of, I think that's one of the most important things, something we do with our clients is we kind of set, when we come in to them, we ask them about, you know, how they feel about everything, what their goals are. And we kind of give like our, our, our internal team a rating and saying, hey, you know, they're very, you know, they're very, very high maintenance or not high maintenance, but they're more like they just need a lot of support in that moment. So it's really about from the start, how do you like identify what their emotions are? How are they feeling? And then work from there is what I would say on that. Yeah. No, I mean, that's awesome. And it requires 
you know, a lot of awareness and empathy and, um, you know, the just understanding other people's needs and where they're at before trying to move forward or trying to push something onto them. Um, so yeah, that was something that I was definitely missing a lot and, uh, what I've noticed. And, uh, so yeah, it's, it's cool that you're kind of working with that, that EQ there too. And I mean, definitely something I think I'm, I'm pretty bad at it too. So I can say that's, you know, it's the weakness of mind, emotional intelligence at, at times. And it's important. I think it's when you have a team and I mean, emotional intelligence can, you can throw that in everything you do in life, right? Like your teams, your partnerships, your friends, it's all just such an important aspect of everything you do. And I actually have a couple of theories on it. And I think that emotional intelligence is going to be more valuable than like hard skills coming up in the future. Yes. When when you have AI and machine learning and those skills are, you know, the hard numbers and the crunching can be done by a machine understanding how to react and work with people is going to be so valuable. Exactly. Cause I mean, we're social emotional beings, right? We're always going to need other people and uh, we're always going to be feeling our emotions and feeling things. And if we can't regulate that or get that under control, it, it will affect a lot of our behaviors and, and how we show up in our lives. Um, so I, I totally agree too. I actually, you know, have a whole video on that too <laughs> myself, but, um, you know, as technology improves, we're, you know, getting just as much disconnected as, as, as much it is trying to connect us to. But, um, so. And, and it's yeah. really important as like, as you're saying, is like technology is like connecting and disconnecting us at the exact same time. I think it's really going to be on us, like as individuals to make sure that we step in out of that comfort zone, right? We take that risk. Yeah. And it's really easy. Like, it's like, you know, you have your keyboard warriors. They're always really confident behind the screet. And then when you come meet them in person, they're not. Right. Like that, We're going to have to beat that barrier. It's like, we're so comfortable behind the screen. And like us, you know, now the big reality is going to be like, now we're going to step out of our comfort zone, right? Like we're going to have to go talk face to face. We're probably going to say something awkward and it's going to feel awkward. Like you're just going to have to be ready for that. And like our parents, when they didn't have cell phones, they didn't have every a screen in front of everything they did. They just had it naturally. Yeah. I think that's pretty good insight too, is, you know, noticing what activities are you doing? Like, is that, is that safe? Are you, are you almost like hiding behind something in a, in a barrier way in a way, right? Like how can you maybe do a a very similar activity, but, but stretch that growth by, by being a little risky about it, you know, by being a little uncomfortable about it. Um, so that yeah that's something to keep in mind and yeah i remember i told you the story about the cliff jumping and it's like this this the the first time i ever jumped off a cliff or whatever it happened yeah and it was i was so scared and my friends are up on the poles behind me screaming at me he's like you got this you got this you can do it but i'm up there on the ledge shaking because i'm terrified of heights but it was that like that you know my friends are pressuring me i'm kind of there in my own head and like i don't care what my friends are saying i i want to do this but I'm so scared, you know, I'm taking this risk. And then I jumped into the water, but that reward of that feeling in my head of like, I did this and now I want to do this again. And I want to continue doing this. It was that, that feeling is so amazing because when you beat something you're afraid of, or you, you know, get past that awkward stage, it's the most rewarding moment you can ever have. And if you continually do that 
you're growing so much every single time you do it. Definitely. And, and it's always that first one. That's always the hardest, you know? And then once you get past that, it, it's, it's not, not smooth sailing, but it is a little bit easier now that you are more familiar with that experience and what happens from it. Of course. Exactly. So yeah, I just got to take that first step. And repetitive action, right? So continue taking those first steps. Yep. Well, this is awesome. Uh, definitely a lot to, 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 I don't know, you know, wrap our heads around, but, uh, there's definitely a theme that I find in, in being more emotionally, you know, just comfortable in a way. Well, maybe not comfortable is the right word, but just, you know, being able to be aware of our emotions and sit with it and, and be able to express it is super important in, you know, in, in showing up as your best self and in being able to find the work that inspires you and fulfills you and, um, uh, and being able to develop deeper relationships with people and trust with people. So, um, so this has been cool. Uh, hopefully, you know, listeners can take something out of this. Uh, what I like to end with is, have you seen the movie, uh, Inside Out? I have. Oh, is that the one with the little, like the, there's like a five emotional balls yep. inside the girl, right? Yeah. Yep. yep. Pixar. I, uh, yep, I definitely have. Yeah. It's a great one. And I, and I love, uh, using that as an example of, you know, so I like to go through each of those emotions and kind of ask people a little bit of their experience with that emotion or, or what they're currently feeling around that emotion. Um, and, and then, you know, just whatever you feel comfortable sharing uh, with that. So the, the first one is anger. So, you know, what are you either angry about either personally or within the world or uh, how do you deal with anger? I'll, I'll let you kind of, I'll keep it open-ended for you to. to yeah. I mean, I'm not necessarily too mad at anything in the world right now. I'm, I'm very happy, but the way I have experienced anger a lot in my lifetime and like there's stuff that has just made me angry, right? Like, and it happens to everybody, my personal way of dealing with anger. And this is, it's kind of a little, I mean, it's, an interesting one, but I just go run where I go on a long walk. I turn a lot of music on where I go ride my bike and I just go for miles. Like last time I ran, I think it was six miles, six and a half miles last time I got angry. And it's just there to calm me down. Cause I just, you know, you kind of find your flow state, right? You just get in there and you just run. And hopefully at the end of it, you know, you're less angry. You're so tired. Your mind kind of calms down and you just go and you just kind of rationally slow down and think about it. That's cool. So just finding something that you can, um, that, that can sort of take you out of that anger in, in a way to kind of see things from a, another perspective. Yeah. And like, I mean, for some people it's chopping wood, right? Like some, you'll see the movies, like some guy got angry and he's an outside chopping the block on wood. Like those actions, those repetitive steps are really, really good for calming you down. Yeah. Cool. Uh, how about disgust? disgust. That's an interesting one. That's a really hard one. I can't, I want to say I need to think about that one for a minute because yeah. I really don't know like what I'm disgusted. Maybe I'm just like my most moment of disgust is like the environmental problems mm. that just makes me like one makes me angry and I see disgust in it. Right. So it's like now they're in our anger and disgust are both hanging out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, 
I am too. It's just it, people are just totally mistreating our our house. You know, like how can you? Yeah. Anyway, I can. I mean, that's on. a whole other conversation. Yeah, that's right? a we, whole we'll, thing. Yeah, we could rant. <laughs> we could rant for hours about that, right? Like yeah. the Amazon, the oceans. Oh my gosh, there's so yeah. much going on. Just be more emotionally intelligent about the environment, please. Right? Like, <laughs> like, admit, like admit, you know, what? it's like admitting our weaknesses. Like, admit our weakness. We're destroying our planet. Yeah. Come yeah, on. Yeah um fear uh fear is a good one i mean definitely something you experience like especially in entrepreneurship like every day i mean when i started when i was starting my last company i was like the first day of uh can the first day we're operating we said okay now we're full-time on this we're you know we're going thing we're gonna go try to find clients how do we do it And we walked in to like we just cold walked into a couple of businesses and said hey you know, can we sit down with the manager? Fine. And like, we just got just rejected, rejected, rejected. Probably was like a week and a half of straight rejections. And then like at the end of the week, we're sitting there like fearful and we're like, oh no, like, what do we do? Like how, wh- like, what are we going to do about this? And like, it kind of sparked a little bit of anger. I mean, I'm like, well, like if I'm afraid of it, I should beat it. Right. Like I shouldn't, I don't want to be afraid of it anymore. Like I'm going to go get a client. I'm going to get this thing. And then I got that rid of that fear. And like, they're getting the rid of the fear is taking that step and just continually pushing on it. And then until you conquer it and then you go. Yeah. It's, it's interesting that you kind of like, I'm just imagining these, the, the characters now you're like, Oh, you're, you're in this fearful state, but you, you know, had the, the anger come in to be like, no, let's, let's, let's push past this. Let's like, this is unacceptable. Right. So um, imagine like the character fear, like he holds, he, he takes anger's hand, you know what I mean? And then he like all of a sudden, fear lights up in anger and like fire too and he's like i'm not fear anymore like i'm courage you know like, yeah. i'm gonna go and do it and it's yeah. like that'd be like a little superpower that's cool i like that sort of visualization there <laughs> um how about sadness um sadness is definitely i mean i have been through an emotional you know ride over the last years i've lost friends to like yesterday was my one friend's uh anniversary he died from cancer which is you know a really really you know, heartbreaking thing. He was a good friend of mine. And then a couple years before that, I lost a friend to, uh, to suicide, a really close friend of mine. So like, it's, you know, sadness is there. And like, I cherish the fact that I can be sad about something. And I'm also like a huge sucker when it comes down to like the movie up. I cried when he lost his wife. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I just, I just thought it was the saddest thing ever. And there, there's just nothing that you can get more sad about when you just see somebody else lose someone that's like really special to them. Right. And so, sadness is really about embrace it. I mean, I think that's like the way I'd handle it is you just, I mean, you're going to be sad. Like there's some things that makes you upset. There's things that make you angry, fearful, you know, give you disgust. It happens, but you just have to go with it and embrace it for a moment. And that's, that's big. And I think it was a common theme throughout this is just embracing that, right? Like rather than trying to like suppress it or convince yourself that you're maybe not sad or try to try to, you know, force yourself to be happy. Um, it, that isn't addressing it at the root, but if you can just sit with it and understand that, you know, we're humans, we're going to feel this. It's, it's nothing wrong or nothing bad. So, yeah. And at the end of the day, it's right. It's like, it's a chemical reaction in your brain and it happens. Like you can't do much about being sad. Like if you tried to control like everything that you were sad about you, I mean, of course it's in our own control. Like if something sad happens, how we get, get past it. Right. But like at the end of the day, it's your own brain, it's your own head. Like something sad happens, you kind of pick up, you go after it, you feel that emotion. You don't 
don't suppress it. Like don't kick it out of it. It's like, it doesn't, I don't feel sad. You obviously feel sad, but you just have to own it. Like really, really just, it's a part of who you are at the end of the day. Yeah. Cool. And, and lastly, but not least, uh, joy. Uh, joy. Um, joy is, I love joy. I mean, everybody loves joy, right? Like everybody loves a good laugh. I think joy in the moment was, I felt this more than anything the other day. Uh, I recently graduated college. I, you know, was in consulting during that period and then did a little bit after college. I was riding my bike to, as I started my, co- or my own company a couple months ago, uh, I was riding my bike to meet with a client and I'm riding through South Lake Union kind of along the, where all the yachts are. And it's a beautiful kind of early fall day and the sun is shining through Seattle. And as I'm riding my bike, I have like a Weezer song playing in my head or like in my headphones. And it's just like something about the song at the moment is just like, oh, this is like, I just feel it. And it's so awesome. And then uh, I look over to my left and I kind of see the, the, the dew coming off the water from the sun. And I'm just like riding in the moment. I'm like, you know, I'm 22 years old, about to turn 23. I'm chasing my dreams. You know, sometimes things aren't going to work, but I'm still trying. Like it doesn't matter. I'm trying. And I just, that moment of joy was just, it was the most, it's like the most, I've told the story to like 10, 15 people at this point since it happened. And it was just such an incredible feeling of like, I'm 22 chasing my dreams, doing what I want to do. And like, I'm going to, and you know, I might fail, like who knows, maybe in a month or two or three months online, something might not work and I have to close everything down, but it's working right now. And I'm just going to work harder on it and continue enjoying like what I'm you know, what I want to achieve. And that was just joy, like chasing what I want. That's amazing. Yeah. That's, that's a, I can visualize that right now. <laughs> um, and I mean, it was like nine, it was like, it maybe like eight 30 in the morning. So I got a good amount of sleep. Like I was just, I literally was riding and like driving by riding by people was like smiling at them. Like I was just like, who is this crazy guy smiling <laughs> yeah. at me? Just like riding his bike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I could totally imagine that. Um, that's cool. I mean, and, you know, and, and that's a, that's a really good story to kind of, you know, remind yourself of occasionally and bring yourself back to, to, to help you like get through other, you know, other trenches that you might experience too. So. And uh, they're coming, right? There's yeah. A lot of trenches coming down the line for everyone, yep. right? Like just, they're going to happen. Yep. But, but yeah, I think a lot of us though, get, when we are in the trenches, it's like that's our only world at that time, right? And, and we forget about you know all the all the smaller moments like you what you just mentioned is, uh, uh, like the good parts and that will keep us going. So, um, and, sure. yeah, and okay, people need to remember it's like there are so many trenches out there, but there's also so many good moments. And if you really kind of just try to match up like every time you remember every good moment we always i feel like there's a kind of disconnection because we remember the bad ones really like a lot because mm-hmm. they're so emotionally scarring but if we and we really focus on those but if we really give a focus on like the moments that are really amazing it kind of and you shift your mindset a little bit to like oh focus on like these amazing moments in my life and things that i've done and get away from that social media thing of like comparing yourself to everyone else and just like really be in your own moment and kind of embracing that time you kind of look at it and you're like, Oh my gosh, like, you know, maybe things are really good. Like, you know, just enjoy, like be happy, be present. For sure. Yeah. It's so easy to forget about that. And it's, it's, I think our minds naturally, and, and, and I'm not sure actually I haven't dove into the, you know, research, but I feel like it is a very human 
biological thing for us to like think about the 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 negative sides of things and it's as a as a survival instinct right mm-hmm. um to prepare us but um anyway it it just seems that we do forget about the joy there so uh, I mean, we're PhD biologists. We know. Right? Yeah, no, we, we definitely we, we, are. we know. Oh, for sure. It's <laughs> we're gonna write a book. Uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're we're gonna we're gonna be the forefront of um, emotional trenches and yep. h- how they've affected our biology. Over yeah, no, yeah. Years. We're we're all gonna be super joyful, amazing human beings because of us. Uh, we're, <laughs> yeah, you we, heard we it know. here first. Yeah. <laughs> The next book coming out on the evolution of emotional trenches. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> well, cool. Um, really enjoyed this. I had a lot of fun. I uh, hope you did too. But, oh, um, lots of fun. Yeah, it's it's cool to connect here. So uh, thanks for coming on. Actually, yeah, lastly, what are you working on or what? how can people find you if they happen to? Like, um, do, is there anything that you're uh excited about too like yeah i'll just yeah. give you the floor um so i'm currently working on a, a company called krebs and kurgan uh, we work in the real estate industry really primarily just kind of help people coordinate their leads and how they generate that and it's kind of you know the core product but really involved in um, i'm currently coming up i'm going to be at the deca leaders or the pitch night or the mentorship program we're going to be helping uh, young kids in business, growing their business skills and casing them and doing the whole competition. So I'm really excited for that. And yeah, I'm just, honestly, I'm just excited for the future. You know, there's a lot going on and I'm excited to see in the Seattle startup. I highly recommend for anyone listening to go to pretty much every networking and every startup event you can go to. You'll find wonderful people like Victor and, you know, just (laughs) network. They can go out there and talk to people, right? Yeah. So yeah, that's kind of really a little quick one right there. Cool. All right. Well, it was a pleasure talking, Victor. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for coming on. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to the Human App Podcast with my guest, Danilo Kurgan. I hope you took something out of it or at least enjoyed the conversation. And if you did, I I do want to hear from you. I want to connect with with you and what your sort of journey is in life and, and how emotional intelligence might be able to... Um, kind of improve your life as well. And um, there's a few ways you can get in contact with me. So first, I do have a Facebook group called Human Up with Emotional Intelligence. Um, Currently, it's still kind of just, uh, you know, my friends and family, but I'd love to have you and, and be able to you know, better connect with, um, with how you connect with emotional intelligence, right? So, uh, you can find that by just searching human up with emotional intelligence or go to facebook.com slash groups slash human up. Um, and a few other sort of links, uh, and which I'll also link on the description below, but As I mentioned in the intro of this episode, I do have a one-pager sheet uh, or guide of 11 emotional intelligence exercises that I've collected to help you sort of jumpstart your own EQ journey um, and to practice on your own. And you can get that at victorung.com slash subscribe. And... um, uh, I'm also writing an ebook based on that to kind of flesh out each of those exercises into more detail, which I hope to release on Amazon 
soon, <laughs> um, but you can help me write the book that will be relevant so that it will be more relevant to you in your life by answering a two-question survey at victorung.com slash book. And then lastly, as a certified life coach and a, an emotional intelligence geek, uh, I really want to help people uh, you know, take through a more personal experience in improving their own EQ as well. So I'm creating a group coaching program uh, that will be assisted by a video course as well. Um, but if you are interested in that, to get on the wait list, um, you can visit victorung.com slash uh, group coaching and that will also take you to a form to fill out so I get to know a little bit about uh, what you're looking for in a group coaching program so again all of those links will be in the show notes and thank you for listening I really appreciate you being here and for caring about emotional intelligence just as much as I do and um, I'd really love to be able to connect with you. So again, don't be afraid to reach out to any of those options that I just mentioned. And I will catch you next Monday.